0: Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we are full of so much gratitude for all of you because you all came through so much for us and gave us so many good
1: reviews. Thank you. You guys, we were like, I said this on the Patreon episode we just recorded, but like literally it felt like my heart exploded because I... We, we, we knew that you guys left reviews because you messaged us and we're so sweet and we're like done, done. But at the time, like I was thinking in my head, it was like maybe 10. And then when I checked and this was just a few days ago, so I think more have come in. But when I checked, I was like 25, you guys, 25 really sweet, amazing reviews. And my heart just exploded. That's the sound it makes when it explodes. <laughs>
0: it's a little fart explosion. <laughs> But yes, we are very grateful because it was getting to a point where we were like, okay, we need to do something about this. Uh, and you all helped us immensely. So thank you. And while we're on the thanks train, I want to give some shout out to our <laughs> thanks train to uh, to our new patrons, which are Allie. Hi Allie. Thank you. Hi Allie. Welcome and thank you. And then someone who is going by the name The Classy Monk. Thank you.
1: Classy Monk.
0: We appreciate
1: you. Thank you so
0: much. And then also Victoria. So thank you so much. And, yeah, they sorry, can't speak, I guess. But <laughs> you keep the podcast going. We're just so happy to be here. And I think, yeah, that's all yes, the announcements me. I have. But.
1: I have to give a little shout out to Victoria because I did it for the other two. So thank you, Victoria, oh, yeah. and welcome.
0: <laughs> well, today's topic if we're ready to get in, are we ready to
1: start? I think it? so. We- wow. I think so. I don't, I don't have any. Oh, we hope everyone had a lovely Valentine's Day and you felt all the love. You don't need to be in a relationship to celebrate valentine's day you can love yourself which i do anyways (laughs) even if i wasn't in a relationship i i just buy all the things for myself (laughs) but we just want to make sure you guys know that you are loved and we hope you had a fantastic weekend celebrating you and yourself and being loved i don't know if that made any sense but i just felt like you just need a little reminder that you're loved
0: That's and it. do it often, not just on Valentine's yeah, Day.
1: not just on the commercial oh. day that makes a lot of money, but every day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, today's topic is going to be about the first vision. Because there is a an event in Mormon history that's really important that uh, the Mormon church calls the first vision. But in fact, there are multiple accounts of this first vision that we're going to get into and why that's a problem. (laughs) Um, But before we get into those accounts, um, I figured we could just start with talking about what the members
1: or like investigators of the church are taught about the first vision Oh, that's good, because I'll tell you what, you guys, this is a gem of an episode, and one of the the main reasons I left the church, actually.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was one of the main ones. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the first vision is something that supposedly happened to our friend, J-Dog, Joseph Smith.
1: (laughs) (laughs) J-Dog. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, so this is what you're taught when you're growing up Mormon. You're taught this in primary and all throughout your time as a Mormon. This is very important. So you're taught that J Dog wrote in the spring of 1820 when he was 14 years old that there was a like significant religious, I don't know, like rift in his neighborhood and he wanted to know which church was true, right? Like, mm-hmm. He he thought like, oh, is it this one? Should I join this one? Which one is the actual true church? And his mother, two of his brothers, and his sister joined the Presbyterian church, but other members of his family didn't or joined a different church. So after reading the Bible, J-Dog supposedly went out into the woods, which he likes to do, <laughs> <laughs> and... um the Mormons call this the sacred grove. It's just like a grove of trees. But he went out there to pray about which church he should join. And apparently at first, I I kind of forgot this part, but I remembered it after a little bit of research. But at first, like a darkness surrounded him that they claim was Satan trying to like confuse him. Right. I
1: do remember that. Yeah. They they emphasize that also in the movie. It's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> scary darkness that comes overcomes him and it like really does terrify you
0: yeah um because he's yeah i guess satan wants to confuse him and not have him get the truth but then um, as an answer to his prayer there's a light a beam of light that comes down and breaks through the darkness and shines on him as he's kneeling in the grove and two personages are are floating in the air appearing to him and it's supposedly god the father like heavenly father and jesus christ celestial jesus (laughs) and they tell him in this story that he shouldn't join any of the churches because they're quote all wrong and all are an abomination (laughs) (laughs) and he's 14 at this time supposedly and This is where he learns, like, that he's going to be the one that is going to bring the gospel back to the earth. So this, all all of this happens way before, like, Moroni appears to him and stuff. It's so funny talking about this as as if it was real. I feel so silly.
1: (laughs) I feel so silly that I believe this shit. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) But, so this all apparently happens when he was 14. But anyway, I was going to ask you, I couldn't remember... Have you been to that place that uh, Mormons call the Sacred Grove? It's in New York where he grew up.
1: No, I actually have not been. Um, I went, so it was on my list when I was an active Mormon of places to go. But I've been to obviously Salt Lake City and done the whole mm-hmm. thing there and Nauvoo. But mm-hmm. I've not gone to New York or to the Sacred Grove.
0: Yeah, I so I went there on a family trip and... You did? I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. And um, I remember we went, there was like this little cabin area. And then you go into the quote unquote sacred grove, which is supposedly where all this happened. And it's just a bunch of trees. Like, I mean, it's pretty. It's trees. It's nature. But I remember my family and the people who were on the tour with us were like, feeling really emotional and really touched and quote unquote spiritual and i felt like in my head i was just thinking this is just a grove of trees like i don't <laughs> i don't feel yeah. any different because you know we, we all know it was made up but i also <laughs> went while i was there they had like the big pageant on the hill camora in palmyra new york and i went to that and it was it was something else, but anyway.
1: Wow. Um. Oh, no, and wait, I, but wait. Tell me more about these like tor- Like, what? How do they even have it marked off? Like the sacred grove. Like, is it just, just like a marked area that you go to?
0: It's just basically this little area of like aspen trees that. I don't know, they didn't even specifically say that there was one spot where he knelt. It was just like, oh, probably somewhere in this general area kind of thing. So, yeah, they didn't even really have anything marked. But they did have a little trail you kind of, like, walked through. And then, if I remember correctly, they had little um, areas where there were little... Maybe like statues or um, plaques that would kind of tell the story of the first vision and stuff like that. I don't know. It was all very weird. <laughs> very culty. Yikes. Um, oh, and I was going to ask you, can you picture in your head the like famous painting that is always shown when you're in um, Sunday school about the first vision? Oh, yeah, definitely. I already have it in my head this whole time. Yeah. So listeners, if you've never been Mormon, there's this famous painting that's everywhere and they show it at church. And it's Joseph Smith in this grove, but he the his back is you and his hands kind of like up and he's kneeling and there's this big beam of light. And then there's the two, I guess it's God and Jesus, but they look exactly 1000% the same.
1: yeah they do I
0: pulled it up to look at it and make sure I wasn't like forgetting something they I mean Celestial Jesus does not look like the Celestial Jesus that they show in the other paintings. Like, he has a gray beard, a gray hair. They're both the same height. They're both white. They're both wearing identical robes. And it's like, wait,
1: what? (laughs) Literally, like, I remember thinking one time, like, when I saw, like, because you see these photos. But I was like, but (sighs) Jesus apparently died when he's, like, in his 30s. And he didn't have a white beard yet. And I thought when he died... (laughs) <laughs> you they're taught that, like, you basically, like, in heaven, your body will be, like, the age of its, like, you when you die, or, like, the, the best age, like, the be- the healthiest stage of your life type thing. Right, right. I don't right. know. It's just, like, so many where I was like, but then why would he be old with a beard when he died at 30? And why does he look exactly
0: like Heavenly Father or God or whatever you want to call yeah. him? Yeah. Identical. It's so, it's yeah it's a very weird photo um but anyway so this story like this first vision story this is what's taught now and always in Mormonism and this is like crucial like and Sarah was saying this is a lot of you know this could be a kind of a deal breaker if you realize that this isn't true because a lot of people's testimonies kind of hinge on this you know it's like this is where the whole restoration of the gospel started. And without this, the book of Mormon wouldn't have been translated. And so then the church wouldn't even exist kind of thing like, Oh, and also this is one of the places where the idea that God has an actual body comes from because like Joseph saw it in person. Supposedly. Oh
1: yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: um, And so, yeah, this, This whole vision story is so important that Prophet Gordon B. Hinckley said in a 2002 general conference, sorry, general conference, he said, our whole strength rests on the validity of that vision. It either occurred or it did not occur. If it did not, then this work is a fraud. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. You're um, on to something, Gordon.
1: <laughs> you are on to something. Little do they know, there's like, what, four different versions of it? So. <laughs> That's
0: so funny. Literally, the next line in my notes is Little do most Mormons know, this is not the only account of the first edition. <laughs> in fact, there are at least 10 known versions. And they yeah, I thought there were four. Oh my God, there are, there are four that are like mainly talked about. That are the ones that I think are the closest to actually being um, told by Joseph himself. But then there are all these other accounts of people telling the story as Joseph told it to them. So those were, are where those extra ones come from. But um, but anyway, so there are at least ten known versions that very from the official version and also something that like I didn't know as a Mormon was that J Dog he, he claimed that this happened in 1820 right he claimed like I was 14 this happened in 1820 but he didn't write down this official version of it until
1: 1838.
0: what and it wasn't published. Until 1842, which was 22 years after it supposedly happened. And he didn't even talk about it. Like, he, his family, early Mormons, didn't know about this supposed vision. He didn't even, like, tell anyone about it until the first known that he ever spoke of it was 1832. And it supposedly happened in
1: 1820. <laughs> what? That, if that's not some red flags, I don't know what is. Yeah, like, wouldn't you think that this was extremely
0: important to start telling people right away <laughs> if that happened? Yeah. Especially people who are starting to join your church and believe in you. Like, even if it was just a few people or your family, why wouldn't you tell them? Why would you wait 12 years and then 22 years to actually make it, like, an official thing you wrote down? That doesn't seem like it would be very credible.
1: <laughs> no, because what? And also the church, they never. Oh, this is making me so angry. They never present it that way. Like it, you don't know as a member that like he waited this many years in between. Like they present it and like he goes to the sacred grove and kneels and prays and gets, you know, has his first vision. And then he goes back and like writes everything down and like starts praying you know, basically proselyting or like trying to create this new church.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're told. And also, yeah, you're not told that he quote unquote waited 12 years, but in my mind, it's like, Oh, 12 years later, he decided to tell a story that happened to him in 1820. That wasn't real, but anyway, okay. So, here are some of the different accounts of the first vision, and I actually picked out the four that I think you're referencing because they're the easiest to like compare. So, okay. and there's the 1832 version, and this is the only handwritten account by J. Dog himself. <laughs> I love calling him J. Dog. <laughs> I do. too. I love it. So in this account, he only sees one being. He doesn't see two, and he calls this being the Lord. And in this version, the Lord tells him that his sins are forgiven. Um, and also in this account, he's 15, but in other accounts, he's 14. So. But how do
1: they get a year
0: off? <laughs> because he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting because it starts out when he's starting this story and starting to kind of. M- figure it out in his head, he starts with saying that, that God comes to him and it's just God. And he tells him his sins are forgiven and he's clean and whatever. And he doesn't even mention anything about don't join those other churches or, hey, start my church. It's all about your sins are forgiven. And that's it. That's all. And That's would the think, first account that he gives. Yeah. Then wow. in 1835, um, in Joseph's Joseph's diary, which was w- written by a scribe named Warren Parrish. In this account, he does see two personages, but they don't identify themselves. So he
1: doesn't know if they're God or Jesus <laughs> or whoever. And he's in the woods talking to himself with these. Uh, dude, I don't know who you are, but um, but, hi. I'm feeling <laughs> real confused. I don't know what to believe. I mean... That's hilarious. And and in this account,
0: he also sees, quote, many angels. So, like, there's not only these two dudes, but there's also just angels flying about everywhere. And the message in this one, again, is that his sins are forgiven. There's no, like, message about the other churches being corrupt or anything. So, this was in 1835. He tells this version which is very different from the first one he told, right? hmm And then in 1838, this is when the church's official version is told by Joseph. So in the first history of the church, it's written by James Mulholland. And this in this version, uh, Joseph says, you know, that there weren't any angels, but there was God the Father and Jesus. And he said... This is my beloved son. Hear him. Which we hear all the time. But Mm. um, isn't that weird, though, that he went through all those other versions first and then came to this version to write in the official history of the church?
1: Yeah, that's that's weird. I do have some some comments and maybe they're in your notes as well. But just you guys, I did research again. Um, And by research, I mean, I just went to the church's website because I knew that these accounts are on the church's website, but they only released them recently because of the CES letter, right?
0: Yes. So, yeah, because also they didn't teach that all these other accounts even existed they like actively tried to hide these other accounts until it came out in the ces letter and then they were forced to address them so now it's on the church website yeah
1: (laughs) and they have a whole section before they get into the count, the accounts that like it's just them backpedaling and making all kinds of excuses so uh, maybe we can look at that too because i i (laughs) down on the website and I was like are you kidding me
0: yes we should definitely talk a bit about that after yeah Yeah, because oh my god it's so frustrating so then um in 1842 in the church magazine times and seasons Joseph says that two personages appear and tell him that all other churches are corrupt but he doesn't mention anything about sins being forgiven or any of that other stuff so Those are, like, the four ones I decided to kind of cover in my notes. But there are many more. But, like, you get the idea that none of them are consistent. They vary wildly. And it's also, I looked up that he doesn't give the correct date in many of the accounts. Like, they're not the same date. Sometimes he gets his age wrong. Sometimes he says... He went to go pray in the grove because he wanted forgiveness. Sometimes he says he wants to know which church to join. Sometimes he says that he decided all the churches were corrupt and then wanted to go ask God about it. Like, he never has, like, a consistent story
1: about any of it. Um, And actually, sorry, I'm just reading this one, Um, the 1842 account on the church's website. And did did you read the part where... It said that the Wentworth letter, as is commonly known, is also the source for the articles of faith.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. So once again, it's not like it's funny because this is on the church's website. And so, yes, the account attended for publication to an audience unfamiliar with Mormon beliefs is concise and straightforward. As with earlier accounts, Joseph Smith noted the confusion he experienced and the appearance of two personages in answer to his prayer. So apparently J-Dog was confused, but then he drew from this response that was printed in Times and Seasons, um, the Wentworth letter for the source of the Articles of Faith. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just so confused. Yeah, I read something that said, um, I think it was Dallin Oaks, he, his, I guess, justification of this is he said that um, Joseph Smith probably told the stories a little bit differently because he was telling it for a different audience each time. But it's like, I'm sorry, that doesn't sit well with me because why would you tell one audience that you only saw Jesus, or, you know, and why in the other ones would you say you saw angels? And then in another one, you'd say you saw God and Jesus, like, why not keep that consistent? There's no reason to change that besides
1: you're making it up as you go. Like, <laughs> it's, it's exactly and and this is Oh, my God, this is making me so angry. Now, I didn't actually go to the bottom of this page. But you guys go to the the website, maybe I can put this in the um, in our story, but it even has at the end, did you see it where it says, like, um, arguments regarding the accounts of Joseph Smith's first vision, and it has, like, memory, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. underneath there, it has also embellishment. It's, like, the example of mental gymnastics and gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing. It's, like, they've twisted all of this. Yeah, if you think like, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe I had it wrong. They
0: try to say things like, well, maybe you, you know, you maybe you just don't recall everything each time you tell a story or maybe part of the story isn't important each time you tell it. But I'm sorry if I if literally God and Jesus appeared to me in this room right now it would no it wouldn't matter they could appear to me anywhere I would remember I would remember that it was two of them and I would remember the date I would remember how old I am like that's not just like a common everyday occurrence that you're retelling a story about that you might your memory might mess up like this is an event that's
1: otherworldly like there's no forget this and it's not like, because also they say that. Let me just quickly read one little ex- excerpt here excerpt here from, I can't say that word, you guys. I'm struggling, struggle bus. <laughs> um, where is it? Sorry, you guys, because I have two points to make on that as well. Sorry, guys. Basically, so he wrote, so this is on the church website, and it's talking about Judges shared and documented the first vision as it came to be known on multiple occasions. He wrote or assigned scribes to write four different accounts of the version. So, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter day Saints rediscovered and published them in 1960. Since that time, these documents have been discussed repeatedly in church magazines, in works printed by church owned and church affiliated presses, and by Latter day Saints scholars and other venues. That is bullshit. Like, Yeah. Complete bullshit.
0: I, I think um, I, I've read that before and I've seen people address that before and that they've they been mentioned maybe once in like an obscure article in the Enzyme in 1970 or something. But besides that, that that makes it seem like they're forthcoming with this information, but they very much, they're, they're not even still forthcoming with it, but they definitely weren't through all the years we were growing up in the church.
1: Like it wasn't taught. We didn't know about it at all. No. Exactly. And then it says, like, um, the various accounts of the first vision tell a consistent story, though naturally they differ in emphasis and detail. Nope, no, 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 nope, no, no, yep. no. It's not a consistent story. No, nope, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. And, and then it says historians expect that when an individual retells an experience in multiple settings to different audiences over many years, each account will emphasize various aspects of the experience and contain unique details. What? And then it says, yet, yeah, despite the differences, a basic consistency remains across all the accounts of the first vision.
0: Nope. The only thing that's consistent is that Joseph is surrounded by trees and he prays that's like
1: the only thing that's the same everything else is different exactly and then he and then the church even goes on to say some have mistakenly argued mistakenly argued you guys that any variation in the retelling of the story is evidence of fabrication. To the contrary, the rich historical record enables us to learn more about this remarkable event than we could if it was less no. well documented.
0: See, this is the this is such a form of gaslighting and manipulation yeah. because it is not to the contrary. I'm sorry, but when there are inconsistencies, that's actually pointing out inconsistencies it's not exactly telling a whole bunch of different stories about what you did in a day you know you you could be on trial and say like they ask you oh so you went to the store what'd you do and you could tell them five different versions of what you did in the store that are very very different right and they're not going to say thank you we believe you did all of those things and that makes
1: your story super credible they're going to go well which one is it (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And the other thing, like, to your point, and this, this was the, the second point I, I was wanted to mention, too, is that these aren't just, like, differences of, you know, he has four to five different accounts where, you know, in, one, in the first story, God or Heavenly Father, or whatever they call him, is, you know, on his left and Jesus is on his right. It's like either one vision is that no one was there or there was just God like they're completely like he leaves out an entire person or persons it's not like you know fucking Heavenly Father was wearing a blue robe and Jesus (laughs) was wearing a red robe and they got the colors wrong like that's something that you know those are minor minor details that over time I could see like okay maybe I got that confused if I was 14 but I wouldn't confuse if there were two people or one person. Like, you don't Don't confuse that.
0: No, you don't. That's exactly right. And you especially don't confuse that if these beings are supposedly, like, celestial beings. It's not even just someone coming to visit you in the woods. It's, like,
1: they're glowing and floating. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly exactly and and I would be really curious, actually, and listeners, if any of you guys is <laughs> this is your profession, but someone who works with like adolescent um behavior and like maybe um experiences like trauma and et cetera, like things like how like to see the stats on it or maybe or like the association of how well you remember things because I also like. I mean, of course, I've never had two beings appear to me in the woods and say that they were God or Jesus. But, you know, when you have like pretty traumatic experiences in your life and especially in your childhood or adolescence and traumatic, either in a a good or I mean, most of the time traumatic is a negative thing. But you could have an experience that was really influential and impactful that you remember the exact details. Like I can remember like exact outfits I was wearing during that time. Like, yeah. you know, little details like to the, the smallest minute detail. Like I had on pink sweatpants and a Lion King t-shirt type details. And, right. you know, right. like, and so I, I just, for me, it would be interesting if they actually had cre- credible, And, you know, train people who investigated and said, like, actually, no, like you if that actually happened to a 14 year old, they wouldn't have different versions or different accounts.
0: Right. And and I just think so it supposedly happened to him when he was 14, but then he didn't write down anything about it or tell anyone about it until he was 26. So, like. Also, why the fuck would you not run home and tell your mom, at least, or write it in your journal, or something in those 12, you know, so to me, that just means, like, you just made it up, but I just also want to mention, like, besides it being clear that his stories don't match up, like, even if they did, or even if one was true, like, they're all so absurd that why would anyone b- even believe this in the first place without evidence? Like it, it's just so odd that like, yeah, I mean, I think that multi- multiple versions discredit him totally. But then also, even if there was just one, it's all just so weird and there's no evidence for it. And also this isn't unique to J-Dog. Like people have been claiming to see God and Jesus forever. And I don't believe any of them. Like, why would we, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think I've mentioned this before on a podcast episode, but it's still relevant right now. I, I remember when I first moved to Berlin and I was at university and I was like studying or doing homework. And these two girls like sat by me and we ended up like making conversation and they were like part of the Christian group on campus. Which first of all is weird because like you just don't see many Christians in Europe in general, like and so it was a bit bizarre that they even started talking to me about Christianity. But I remember I was like, oh, I'm a Mormon, like I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. And then (laughs) and so then it was like you know competition to convert the other, like we both were like, all right, game on, bitches, I'm about to convert you. But I remember she asked me a question because she was like, what makes your church different? from other Christian sectors or religions. And I was like, well, we have a true prophet on the earth today and God and Jesus visited Joseph Smith and like in the garden of, uh, or sorry, in the sacred grove. And like, you know, because of that, he, we have this new religion because blah, 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 like all the same shit that we're told. And I remember she asked me like, But what makes this Joseph Smith character any different from all the other prophets who have have claimed to have seen God? Or she was, like, you know, pulling out, like, different religions that aren't Christian that also believe in, like, a prophet, like, that was told by God to create this religion or to write a book and et cetera. And I was just like, well, because ours is true? like. (laughs) I didn't know what to say you know like typical cult answer like well because ours is the only true one on the face of the earth and she was like but how do you know that you're the only true? like your church is the only true when there's so many other people who have said the exact same thing and I was like well anyways do you want to come to institute with me like I yeah, think that's, that's what I asked
0: that's too hard to think about <laughs> it's just like oh does not compute does not compute back,
1: back. <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> like Molly, Mormon Sarah walking away from that scene, being like, Well, just gotta cash in my blessings for uh doing missionary work there. Cha-ching. Oh
0: man. So true. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, you just are thinking about how good you were with trying to convert. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, you know, when you were reading the church's response to to that and just saying how it's like, no multiple accounts, make it seem more, make it more credible. It really angered me because it's, that's the actual, I don't know, the actual definition of gaslighting, right? They're just boldface lying to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's on, it's on two different, let me find. So I, I, I saw it on two different church websites. Let's see. Sorry, the same church website, but like two different areas. So the first one was like, um study slash history slash topics slash Joseph Smith's first vision the second one is like in the manual so I guess it's for like Sunday school uh-huh and um in there they also include this same little section about like the various accounts and how they tell a consistent story though naturally they differ in emphasis and details <laughs> and I was just like, what like. This is maddening to me that they would try to say, like, they, they make sure to include this little section in every point. And even if you just go to, like, the Joseph Smith's first vision accounts on the website. So this mm-hmm. is, like, a shorter version. And then, sorry, the one in the manual, I think, is longer. But either way, it's, like, the same again where they, they just copied and pasted to make sure that everyone knows like the various accounts of the first vision tell a consistent story then naturally they differ in emphasis and detail (laughs) like you could just brainwashing
0: little mormon kids like
1: you know they tell you a different story about something they did
0: or didn't do and you try to get them in trouble and they could be like well naturally my story differs in emphasis and detail but i'm telling the truth Like, you know, those details actually don't, yeah, when they don't match up,
1: that means that you're lying about exactly. something. <laughs> like, and also the resources, you guys, so it has, like, on this one, bibliography. So you're like, oh, let's, let's see. Um, it's one article is from BYU. Of course. Um, another one Is from someone who wrote a book entitled The Appearance of the Father and the Son of Joseph Smith in 1820, Opening in the Heavens. Okay. (laughs) And then the third one that they source is Joseph Smith's First Vision, A Guide to the Historical Accounts. And guess what? Published by Deseret Book. Yeah, they,
0: that's always how it is. It's all within the church. So you can't get
1: any factual historical information. No, but it's so manipulative because they have two sections. They have church resources. They try to make it seem like, well, here we're providing our church resources. And then a second section, that's bibliography. So they're <laughs> both all church like endorse it even says the bibliography the following publications provide further information about this topic by referring or leaking you to these resources we do not endorse or guarantee the content of the views of these authors <laughs>
0: wow. i feel like that um yeah those things you just read i feel like they're insulting to mormon members intelligence kind of you know it's like it is. they can't you know they're I don't know, a bunch of us saw the light and we read things like that and we're like, wait, something's not right here. And then we had the Internet and we went and looked somewhere else and we're like, oh, that's why it doesn't sit right. Is because you're covering it up, trying to make it seem right and cohesive when it's not. And Mm. then it just becomes clear that J-Dog made it all up. He just made it all
1: up. Oh, God. And
0: Unless it's you true. have some very, very powerful drugs, but I highly doubt it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that would be a better story. I'm not going to lie. Would. I would He's believe that. Story. <laughs> he had a little bit of acid. He started tripping. I would believe that one. Yeah, that's much more believable. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> uh, I just can't believe I, I, I believe this stuff. This is the part where I just, it makes me... I think a lot of it, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, it's just, it's so funny how much I had, like, how the majority of my life I spent with blinders on. Yeah. Like, I just didn't want to acknowledge anything outside of my church peripheral view. Like, it was just everything else. I had little blinders on, so I couldn't see to my left or my right, and, like, I was just focused on church stuff, and Anytime I would kind of see the light coming in, I would just be like, oh, nope, nope, nope. Like, close that back up. Like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to yeah. see it. I don't want to acknowledge it. And it's so maddening. Like, you know, if I would have read this stuff years ago on the first accounts, there's no way I would have been able to say.
0: I know. And it's so hard because we have all this information. I feel like even the information that's on the church's website is kind of... You know, it's fishy enough that it makes people want to look elsewhere if they read it. And I I so badly want to send this information to my Mormon friends and family. But it's like we know what that's like being in it. And we don't know when someone is ready and how scared this might make them or if they might feel hurt Mm -hmm. or something. And it's hard because you want to push them and be like, look, it's fake. But it's hard to know when someone's
1: ready for that, if they ever are, which sucks. Exactly. It's kind of like, you know, I've, I've decided that if any Mormon, like, person in my my family or close friends, like, sends me, like, Mormon stuff, I'm just going to start by sending, like, CES letter stuff. Or, like, you know, parts and counter. Be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll read that as soon as you read this. Yeah. yeah then,
0: fair enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you read that and pray about it, and I'll read what you sent and pray to nothing. <laughs> right
0: I speaking of prayer though I remember this story specifically because it was so emphasized in primary and things like that I remember it being really like a big deal to me growing up and it was something that influenced me to pray a lot more because I was like if Joseph Smith was 14 and he went out and he prayed and God and Jesus came to him, they could do that to me or they can help me with this problem or whatever. And it was very, very faith promoting for me, which yeah. is like, I don't, it it sucks looking back at it now that I, I kind of feel super duped by it. And yeah, definitely. I guess you can't help it when you're young or you're vulnerable or you're trying to cling on to something. But anyway, it's, it's just so obvious that it was all. You know, made up. And it's interesting that Mormons try to defend this when it's like if they heard this story and all the different versions from a different religion, they would be like, oh, yeah, that's totally made up. Like they can put on their logical lenses when it comes to a
1: different religion, but they can't when it comes to their own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like like we've mentioned a few times um, when I watch that documentary on Scientology as a Mormon, I was just like dumbfounded. Like I was like, (laughs) how can these people believe in this? It's so ridiculous. Like, and I just couldn't let it go. And now I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, we were them. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I also watched this documentary with Jay. And sometimes I just think he had to have been thinking at that time, when I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe people believe in us, blah, 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 I'm sure he was thinking, like, in his head, girl, you believe in some crazy bat shit <laughs> stuff, too. Like, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. So true. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, well, that's all I have on that topic. But it was good to talk about. It was. It, I was surprised that we hadn't covered it yet because it was such a big... Uh, it's a big reason that a lot of people leave and I was reminded of it because we had Kelly on the show a few weeks ago and she brought it up and I was like oh yeah we haven't actually covered that so
1: that was good no it was really good suggestion I'm glad you brought up because I was surprised too that we hadn't covered it when you mentioned and I was like oh that's a really good one because that was something when I read that in the CES letter I was like what like how can he have multiple accounts like this This is not sitting right with me. So and and it's like we talked about in this episode. You're just not taught that and you don't know, like unless you actively search or you've like someone, you know, has shared with you the CES letter or said, hey, what about these different accounts? You as a Mormon, you would not know about them.
0: Yeah. The more I learn about Joseph Smith, the more appalled I become that I, at one point in my life, truly thought he was an incredible man. I yeah. I really thought he was a man of God that God chose and that he was kind and honest. And I just, it's, yeah, I'm appalled that I didn't, but we didn't know, we didn't know. And now... We do know and we can share it. But it's just crazy the more you learn and you're like, ew, I basically almost worshipped this yucky
1: person. Girl, definitely. I sat in that um, jailhouse and was like crying. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Joseph Smith <laughs> died for us. Like, he's <laughs> such a martyr. I love this man. And now I'm just like, really? Ew. Ugh. Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> But I do have to just end on this uh, funny thing. And maybe this is offensive to some people, but I find it hilarious. There's this, I don't know if you've seen this, like this meme. Oh, so good. It's like um, someone posted like their, their activities that they've taken. So it's like, I've just taken up hand lettering. These are some of my favorites. Have you seen it? (laughs) No, I haven't. And it's like a framed picture of hymns, so it's like one hymn, like, you know, uh, like a Mormon hymn, so like maybe Amazing Grace or the song Count Your Blessings, and they do calligraphy on top of it, and it looks like Count Your Blessings. (gasps) Oh my gosh, and did they do it on accident?
0: Yes! (laughs) Yes! That's amazing. You need to send that to me. We'll have I'll
1: send it to you. It's had me like I've been giggling all day after seeing it because you have to like really zoom in to see the O.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, that poor person. <laughs> but that's great. So, isn't? as
1: always, you guys, count your blessings. Blessings.
0: As always. Count
1: them one by one. <laughs> Can't your many blessings see what God has done. <laughs> Oh, I'm such an immature person, but I love it. It's had me giggling all day. I can't. So I just wanted to share that with all of you. I hope it doesn't offend you, but it's funny. So (laughs) laugh at it. It
0: is funny. If they've made it this far on the podcast, then they're not going to be offended by that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, listeners,
1: thanks for being here, and we'll be back next week. We will. Have a great week, everyone. And if you are affected by the ice storms, I mentioned this in the Patreon episode. Keep safe. Keep warm. Um, Let us know if there's anything we can do to help. And hope everyone is safe and healthy. And we love you guys so much. Bye. Bye.